Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in two locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Hey guys, you just got the chance to meet Barrett. He just came onto our team uh, as an intern. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, if you get an opportunity, you need to talk with Barrett sometime. He's got an incredible story. Um, he was a lawyer here in town, felt like God was calling him into full-time ministry. Um, so uh, he, was, he was like, man, what would it look like to, to come on at Revo and, and to serve in various capacities? And I'd be like, bro, it would, it would look great. It would look awesome. And uh, so he's on with us 12 months learning important things about leadership and, and ministry. And uh, he's thinking about uh, going overseas as a missionary, uh, stuff like how I like my coffee and stuff like that. So he's learning all. <laughs> Just kidding, <laughs> kind of. Um, he's learning all that important stuff, and uh, so if you get a chance to meet with Barrett, talk to him, and uh, man, encourage him along his way. We want to be a church that equips the next generation, uh, sends people out so that uh, Jesus' message can go to the ends of the earth. Um, let me say a little bit about me. Uh, my wife and I, Elizabeth, we started dating when I was in the 10th grade. She knew a good thing when she saw it, so... Uh, we started dating in the 10th grade, and uh, we went to the prom together. She was in the 11th grade. I was in the 10th grade. I've always had a thing for older women, and so uh, went to the prom together. I couldn't even drive, so she had to drive. How romantic is that? <laughs> I had, she wore this huge, puffy dress, and I had to, like, smash it into the door and close the driver's side door and then run around to the other side. Good story. Uh, so we dated all throughout high school and college. We broke up like 700 times, and, but we got back together. And then uh, my senior year of college, her, her year doing her master's at, at Clemson, uh, we got engaged. So I popped the question. Again, she knew this is one-of-a-kind catch. Uh, so she took it and uh, tricked her into that. And um, my favorite part, let me tell you my favorite part of the engagement and my least favorite part of our engagement. My least favorite part of our engagement, of any really engagement, is the showers that you have to go through. Okay, So these showers are little parties that your friends throw you to give you stuff. But it's not because your friends really care anything about you. They just want you to throw them a shower when they get engaged. So they feel like, let me throw you a shower so you can return the favor. So we're getting these showers thrown, and, and you go and you register for these gifts, and, and people buy you this stuff. And here's, here's really the reason why I struggled so much with wedding showers. Because you are in a, in a room full of people, and you are getting ready to open up a present that someone gave you. And it is totally going to define how much they really care about you. I mean, have you ever thought about this, right? You, I, you get a box and you're like, wow, this has, been a, this has been a long time friend right here. I have done a lot for this friend. I have given a lot. I have been generous. I have helped them countless times. We have been rolling together for a long time. This ought to be a good one. And you open it up and it's like a glass pitcher with your initials monogrammed on it. Like, wow, man, I really thought we were more than that. I really thought that was, it was going to be really big. So that was my worst part of it. Like when you feel like you have a close friend and they give you a spatula for your wedding, you're like, wow, this is crazy. Thank you. The best part about it was the registering for the gifts. 
Like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but when you get married, you, you go to these stores. We went to stores like Bed Bath & Beyond and, and Target. Can I just, let me, let me clarify something right here. Bed Bath & Beyond, that sounds really exciting, right? But like, like, I walked in and I was like, what is the beyond? Like, I am so, I am so fired up about it. Is it like Bed Bath and, and Shotguns or Bed Bath and, what is it, big screen TVs? Beyond is a word for kitchen, okay? Let me just... Lower the expectations right now. It's bed, bath, and kitchen. But obviously they named it Beyond to try to get men to come in there uh, to expand their market. So we walk in there to bed, bath, and kitchen and beyond. And here's what they do. They hand you, favorite part, not going to lie, they hand you a price gun. This is a laser gun. It's a gun with a laser that shoots out of it. No doubt a ploy to get men interested in the engagement and the registering process. And so we get to walk around the store, and everywhere there's a barcode of stuff that we want, I get to shoot it. Elizabeth will tell me where it is, and like, here we need four of those, but I get to be the one that shoots it with the gun in Bed Bath & Beyond. So I'm, I'm having a great time with this. I'm trying to figure out like how far away from the barcode I can get. Like, it's, it's, it's about, like, right here where the stand is, and I'm, I'm way out here. I'm like, well, beep, all right, there you go. Just so you know, two feet away. I'm trying to figure out how quick I can do it. Like, I've got the, the scanner in my pocket, and Elizabeth, like, you know, scanned some of those bowls, and I'm, trying, I'm, like, trying to quick draw it right there. I'm like, just see how fast that was. Beep. So I'm having a good, a good time with it. But uh, it was very early on in the registering process that I realized Elizabeth and I had totally different perspectives on what we thought we needed as a young married couple. There were some things that she was scanning that I was like, ah, that probably would not make it on my list. There were all of the things that I wanted and, and tried to scan that Elizabeth was like, well, that's, that's really not what this is all about. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you understand. Because Elizabeth was registering for things like this, um, plates, bowls, cups, silverware, towels, things like that. I walked in and I was like, let's, let's scan a big screen TV. Let's scan one of those massage chairs. <laughs> that would be really cool to come home to. Uh, like, let's scan this. I remember going through the, 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 the line at the checkout, and there's an entire cooler full of 20-ounce Mountain Dews. So I just opened that door up. Beep, 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 just as fast as I can scan them. And Elizabeth's like, no, that's not... What are you doing? I say, listen, listen, listen. Put two and two together. You just registered for eight cups. What, we're going to get to our house. What are we going to drink of? We're going to walk into this brand new house. We're going to have glasses with nothing to drink. If you're going to register for your cups, I'm going to get to register a couple of 12 packs of Mountain Dew. She's like, we, that's, we don't want people buying it. We can buy that. It's for other things. Uh, in Target, there was a, a gas-powered skateboard. <laughs> now, right? See, you thought it would be fun too, right? I mean, what better thing for a married couple, a freshly married couple to enjoy, but a nice ride in the evening on matching his and her gas-powered skateboards? Beep! <laughs> right? <laughs> Elizabeth took that one off the registry. We, we had, here's what, here's what happened. We had very different perspectives on what we thought we needed. 
very different perspectives when it came to, all right, so this is an opportunity. This is a registry for things that you are going to have in your marriage. Let's be smart with this. Let's figure out what we, what we actually really need from, from these places and what we want to register for. Today, in this text, G- Jesus is going to communicate that you and I have one opportunity in this life when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our resources, when it comes to our life, we have one shot, right? There is, there is one life that we live, and, and a lot of different people have a lot of different perspectives on how they think they should spend their life, how they should spend their resources, their time, their energy, and their money. A lot, like ask people, and they'll have a, a lot of different opinions. But here's what Jesus is going to say. He says, what you do with your life, specifically with your finances, has a great impact on you, on others, and check this out, ultimately, on eternity. Jesus says that the blessings that he has given us are not just for right now. That we actually have an opportunity to invest in something more, to invest in something that is going to last, to invest in something that's actually going to make an impact. I mean, did you know that the money that you bring home from work or that you have in your bank account, did you know that there's a way that you can invest that that will have an impact on people's eternity? It'll have an impact, and and Jesus even going to communicate, there will be consequences for me and for you and for other people around us. And it all revolves around this idea of what is your perspective on money? What is your idea on finances? Now, some of you, like when I said money, you were like, right? You see, you're like, no, I can't believe I haven't been to church in like three years. And the last time it talked about money. And here he is again. Listen, this sermon has nothing to do with money. If you walk out of here and think, that guy just preached for 25 minutes on money, then you missed it. I did a terrible job of communicating. Here's what Jesus says. I don't care about your money. I care about your perspective on money. Everybody's going to have money. Everybody's going to spend money differently. Jesus doesn't lay out a budget, right? There's not a budget found on 1064 page of my Bible. There's not a percentage that Jesus gives. There's not like an app to download or a shout out to Dave Ramsey in scripture here. Jesus says, let's talk about your perspective. I want to know how you view money, whether you have $5 or $5 million. I'm not asking you how you view the, the amount of your budget that you give to God and then you, you want to do whatever you want. I'm talking about how you view money. Let's talk about your perspective. It's a sermon about money that has nothing to do with money. Jesus says, Let, let's talk about it. And he gives us three things. Here's, I, w- I, want, I want to share with you three perspectives this morning. If you're taking notes, you may jot these down. Jesus says three things, not ways to spend your money, not how to save your money, not what percentage in order to, to calculate on your budget, but a way that we look at money. What is our perspective? Jesus is going to talk about having the right perspective on money and how that perspective not only impacts you, but it can impact your friends and your family and ultimately the eternity of so many other people. So here's what Jesus says. Chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount, the book of Matthew, we're going through this text, Jesus' most famous sermon, uh, and he spends just a few verses talking about our perspective on the money that we have. Here's what he says in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. 
But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, whether neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here's the first thing Jesus says. I, I want to I talk to you about a perspective on money. Jesus says, I want you to see your money with an eternal perspective. See your money with an eternal perspective. Not see your money in percentages, not see your money as in what do I save and what do I spend, but all of the money that we have, seeing our money through an eternal perspective. And here's how Jesus kicks it off. Jesus is almost like he's a, he's a broker now. He's like a wealth manager. He's a financial advisor. He's, he says some things. I want to tell you what is a good investment, and I want to tell you what is probably a, a poor investment. And he starts it out by saying, please don't spend your entire life on things that just go on right now. Please don't spend everything you have just on the here and now. There are consequences as a result of the way we spend our money. And it's not, like I I get this sometimes, people will say, well, you know what? Jesus said that, God said that because God doesn't want us to have nice stuff. God is jealous of all my shiny things. Like, God wishes his car was as good as my car. God doesn't want me to have any fun. God doesn't want me to be happy. God wants me to be poor. That's why he's always talking about money. That's why the church always wants my money. That's why God, it feels like, always has his hand out. So is that true? Does God really want your money? Is God interested in what kind of car you drive or how big your house is? Is God interested in what kind of clothes you wear, like the brand of clothes that you wear? No. Nowhere in here does does Jesus say, give me your money. Nowhere in here does he say, you know what, if you were really a follower of me, you probably wouldn't have all of that nice stuff. Jesus backs up beyond that and says, how do you view your money? What is your perspective? And and he, he gives this. He doesn't tell us not to spend all of our money on the here and now because he, he needs it. Like he ran up some debt and, and he needs to pay it off, so it's time for you to pony up. Jesus gives us some really practical advice here. He says, everything we invest here on earth one day is going to be gone. Why would you want to invest everything you have in something that's not going to last? You ever, you ever been on a vacation and done that? Like at the end of the vacation, like you realize your bank account is like totally wiped out. And you're like, well, I guess it was a good time. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of it, but <laughs> I hope they enjoyed it. <laughs> Man, that was, a, that was a lot of trouble. That was a, a lot of pain. You got nothing to show for. You got a couple of pictures. Man, what, what, about, what about the things that we own? He gives us some practical stuff. He says, you know, a lot of the things that we own are going to rust out. You know, a lot of the things that we own here on earth, moths are going to eat it. You know, a lot of the things that we invest our time, energy, resources in are going to be here today and gone tomorrow. So do you really want to get to the end of your life and having worked so hard for the money that you have, look back and have nothing to show for it? You really want to do that? And just like a good wealth advisor says, hey, you got to think about past today, right? You're, you're working towards something. There's something on the horizon. There's some, some goals to have. I know you want to blow all your money today. So do I. But that's, that's not what you need. That's not the smart investment. Jesus says, why would you spend your money on things, all of your money on things that are going to be here today and gone tomorrow if you could invest in something eternal? If you could invest in something that's actually going to, to last. Again, Jesus is not jealous of your shiny stuff. He is not mad because you have a lot of money. 
He is not disappointed because you have an extra bedroom in your house. He doesn't get frustrated when he he sees you walking around with designer clothes. He says, it's bigger than that. What is your perspective on money? And are you willing to invest in things that actually have an impact on eternity? For us, here's how bad we are about this. For us, uh, it doesn't even have to break. It can just be outdated, and we're ready to get rid of it. Think about the last phone that you bought. Did it break, or, or, or did iPhone come out with a new iPhone, and you look at yours, and you're like, ah, this one's lame and slow. I want the new one. A lot of times when we buy a new car, it's not because it broke. It's because we don't like our old one anymore. Something came out faster or sleeker or whatever it is in our life. Like We live in a society of such excess that we don't even have to wait for it to break. If we don't like it, we can just throw it away and buy another one. And, and over our lives, we'll see that we spent money. There's nothing wrong with that. But are you investing your money in something that matters? Of something that has an eternal impact? Jesus is not saying everybody needs to stop buying clothes. Do us all a favor and continue to wear clothes, okay? <laughs> Jesus isn't saying you should sell your house and live on the street. Jesus isn't saying you should walk everywhere you go. I can't believe you own a car. He says, man, how do you view your money? What's your perspective on it? And are you actually investing in things that are going to impact eternity, that are going to last way after you're gone? There's some weird language in here that I think these verses uh, pose a problem for us because there's some words that, that, are, that are kind of difficult for us. Jesus says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So first thing is like treasures. What is a treasures? Like, what, what is that? Is this like pirates? Are we, are we stealing treasure off of ships? And do we have a big treasure chest? What do you mean treasures? Do I have treasures? What are my, my treasures? A lot of people are convinced that they don't have treasures. They're not rich enough to have treasures. They don't have enough. And, and so they're, they're convinced, like, this is a passage about rich people. Jesus is calling out rich people to give, right? He's not talking to me. Let, let, me, let me share this with you. Did you know that if your family makes $32,000 a year, then you are in the top 1% of wealth in the entire world. $32,000 puts you in the top 1% of all of humanity when it comes to wealth. We are rich. (laughs) Jesus says, how do you view your money? What is the perspective that you have? So how do, we, how do we build up treasures? But secondly, how do you build up treasures in heaven? Because that's weird, right? Is there, a, is there a line on the giving envelope that says, I want this to go to heaven? Like, can I store it there? Can it be waiting on me when, when I get there? Like, how is it that you invest treasures in heaven? Well, I think there's two ways. Two ways, two really simple ways. If you're interested this morning in investing and in putting your treasures into eternity. First is this, time and money given towards the advancement of God's kingdom, is building up treasures in heaven. Are you willing to put your time and your money investing in God's kingdom? That means giving your money to a local church, to a missionary, to a nonprofit, to someone that is focused on making the name of Jesus famous all across the world. That's how we invest in eternity. That's how we give up treasures in, in heaven. I think another simple way that you can store up for yourselves treasures in heaven is just by helping others. Check this out. You can read scripture. There was not a single time in Jesus' ministry where he paused in the middle of a sermon and said, all right, everybody, heads up. Bring your money. Give me your money. 
Everybody, come on. Everybody, give me a cut. Give me a cut. I need a new robe. Come on. This ministry's hard. This ministry life's hard. I'm hungry. So bring all your money. Disciples are going to roll around. You bring your money. Jesus not one time said, God wants your money or bring me your money. You know what he said? He looked at people and said, give it away. Don't bring it to me. Give it away. Help people with it. Help others. I don't need your money. Jesus is not broke. Jesus is not trying to, to rain down on your fun. He is not mad because you have stuff. He says, you want to make an internal difference? You want to make an eternal impact on people? Give it away. Help the needy. Feed the poor. Give it to somebody else. Bless someone. Help someone. Be an example for Jesus. Not one time people are convinced. They're like, oh, God just wants my money. This pastor, the church just wants my money. They're always asking for your money. I don't need your money. My wife just bought me this shirt. We're doing fine. <laughs> I didn't say that the first service. It's crazy how people are like, man, this God just wants my money. God just wants my money. What's God going to do with your money? He gave you everything you have. He created money. He created you. He don't need your money. What's your perspective on it, though? How do you choose? Are you building up for yourselves treasures in heaven, making an eternal impact? Or are you just blowing it all on the here and now, only to find out one day that everything you worked so hard for is gone? Didn't impact anybody. Didn't help. Didn't, didn't make an eternal difference. So why? If God doesn't want my money, if God is not standing out here with his hand held out like this, why does God talk about money so much in Scripture? Why is that something that Jesus talked about? Here's the second point in, in verse 21. Here's what Jesus says. Here, here's why money's such a big deal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? I'll, I'll explain those, those two verses, but here's, here's what Jesus says. Second thing I want you to understand about your money. Jesus says the perspective about it. Not how you spend it, not what percentage, not let me see your budget. Our overall perspective on money. See money with a satisfied heart. Not only do we see our funds through an eternal perspective, but we see our money with a satisfied heart. When you look at your money, are you satisfied in what God has given you, or are you constantly striving for what's next? Never satisfied. Can I share a little secret with you? Chances are, if you're not satisfied with the amount of money that you have now, you will never be satisfied with the amount of money that you have. Because the amount of money that you had now used to be the amount of money that you thought would satisfy you. The job you have now used to be the job where you were like, God, if I have this job, I'll be satisfied. Your car, when you bought it, you thought was going to satisfy you. That, that newest electronic or that newest investment or that piece of jewelry or that shirt that you bought, when you bought it, you were satisfied. But here we are, not satisfied anymore. If your pursuit of money is all about, I'll be satisfied when I get the next job, or the next marriage, or the next family, or the next kid, or the next house, or the next car, or the next phone, I'm telling you, you'll never be satisfied. So Jesus says when we view our money, what if we learn how to view it with a satisfied heart, whether we had $5 or $5 million? 
View your money with a satisfied heart. 2,000 times just in this book, God mentions something about money, something about generosity. Jesus taught on money more than any other subject that he preached about. Why? Is it because he needs it? No. Is it because God doesn't want you to have fun? No. Is it because God is mad because you have a bunch of stuff? No. Here's the deal. God knows your money is connected to your heart. God's not interested in your money. He wants you. He wants your heart. That's why this is a sermon about money that doesn't have anything to do with money. And everything to do with what Jesus is really after. Our hearts. Our life. And Jesus says, like, I'll just admit, the way that you can tell what someone really cares about is you look at what they spend their money on. I mean, just look. Like, I, I, don't, I don't have to have some weird way to peer into your soul to know what you're all about. Jesus just says, what you spend your money on is what you really care about. What you invest your life into is what really matters to you. And because that heart and funding is connected together, Jesus says, like, let's just see, man, where, where's your heart at? Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied in me? Are you seeking satisfaction from some other place? God doesn't want to have your money. God just doesn't want your money to have you. And for too many people, like, our money has us. It drives us. Every decision we make is whether or not we want to buy something or save something or spend something. Like, everything we think about is about, am I going to have enough money either today or in 50 years from now? I get it. I'm not saying that stuff's bad to save and it's bad to be smart with it. But God says, what are you satisfied in? Are you searching for it in that money? Or do you understand that you can find it in Jesus? Where, where your money is, that's where your, your heart is. It tells this illustration. It says, what the eye is focused on determines the path of your life. Two different things we can focus on in this life. We can either focus on money and getting more of it and a certain lifestyle or certain possessions, or we can focus on Jesus. Eventually, those two things are going to split, right? You may be able to roll with both of them for a little bit, but eventually, you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to follow this or am I going to follow that? And so Jesus says, be careful what your eye is focused on. Because whatever your eye is focused on is the direction you're going to go. If you're so consumed with money and having more so that you can do more, then your whole life will be in pursuit of that. And eventually you'll get to the end of your life and you'll look around and say, wow, I spent all of it on this and got nothing. Or, he said, if your eye is focused on the light of Jesus, then every decision you make, every dollar you spend, every thought you have, the attitudes, the actions, your viewpoints on life, you will go towards the light. You will gravitate to the light. You will want to be around the light. That's where your eye goes. And I hope the light is Jesus because anything else is going to leave you disappointed. Anything else is going to leave you empty. Anything else is going to allow you to get to the end of your life and be like, wait, I just gave my life for what? All of it's gone. Can't take any of it with you. Didn't impact anybody. It was just fun while it lasted. What's your perspective? How do you view it? Do you have a satisfied heart? It's not a sin to be rich. Not a sin to have money. Not a sin to save. It's not bad to have nice stuff. But if your desire for those things 
causes a lack of satisfaction in your life, then you're going down a dangerous road. You'll spend your whole life being blessed a tremendous amount and get to the end and realize you are never satisfied. That the thing you were looking for the entire time is not what you found at the end of the tunnel. Do you view your finances with a satisfied heart? Or are you just consumed with what you got to do to get more and save more so you can do more and then you got to earn more? Here's a way that Jesus closed it out. Verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus says, I want you to begin, number three, I want you to begin to see your money in terms of who you serve. See your money in terms of who you serve. How are we doing? When we look at our finances, does it look like we're serving Jesus? Does it look like we care about things of eternal impact? Or when we look at our viewpoint about money, is it all about us? And just all about what we can get right now, or how much we can save, or, or what we can buy? God says, what, what, what if we viewed our money through the lens of who can I serve? Here's what's going to happen. When you view money that way, you're going to have to make a decision. Either I'm going to serve me, or I'm going to serve God. Either I'm going to serve me with my finances and what I want to do, or I want to look for ways to serve others. I want to look for ways to bless and help others, to meet needs that are around me. Who do you serve? Jesus makes it clear. You can't serve both God and money. Eventually, there'll be a crossroads in your life where the Bible is preaching, help people, serve people, love people, bless people, live a life that invests in eternity, and our world is screaming, look out for number one, buy more, have more, save more, do more, invest in the here and now, because you only got one life to live, you might as well enjoy it. Jesus says right there, you got to choose, God or money, who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? Not what you spend your money on, man, but who you belong to, what your perspective is. So the worst part of that engagement was the showers, and the really cool part was, was the laser gun. But you, really, you want to know what the best part of the engagement was? Getting Elizabeth. That was the best part. Like, I didn't get engaged to get presents. I got engaged to get Elizabeth. I got engaged for the relationship. I got engaged for that. Now, now listen, how weird would it be? How weird would it be if Elizabeth and I get home from our honeymoon and we're spending our first night in our, in our apartment together and, and she says, hey, Nathan, you know, it's, it's time to go upstairs and go to bed. And I'm like, you know what, Elizabeth? <laughs> I think I'm going to stay downstairs and play with this blender. <laughs> this blender is awesome. Makes milkshakes, crushes ice. There's a recipe for salsa in here. I love salsa. No, no, that's terrible. You missed it. The purpose of the wedding, the purpose of the engagement is the relationship, man. It's not the stuff that you get. And I'm afraid that followers of Jesus are standing here and we are sitting in the middle of a blessing. God has blessed us with so much. And we have an opportunity to partner with the creator of the world. But too many of your people are like, I think I'm good. I'm just going to come and play with the stuff you gave me. 
I'd I'd rather be with the blender. I'd rather be downstairs with all the gifts. And the Creator beckons us to a relationship. The whole purpose of the reason why He blessed us. And we get so caught up in what He gave us instead of who we could be with. We get caught up in the creation instead of the creator. We get caught up in what God gave us instead of realizing that what God gave us was his son Jesus. That's what changes our life. That's what changes everything. And my fear is that in the midst of incredible financial blessing that all of us find ourselves in right now, we get distracted by the little things And totally miss the main thing. And that's where Jesus says, what is your perspective? How do you view it? Not not the small percentage of money that we give to God, but how do you view money in general? How you spend it, how you save it, how you invest it. Are you doing something of eternal impact? Investing in the here and now looks at God and says, this is my money. How much of it do I have to give to you? Investing in eternity says, God, this is all of your money. How much of it can I keep? How much can I spend on me? And what do you want me to spend on others? Huge difference. Are you investing in eternity? Are you investing simply in the here and now? Today, if you heard me say, give the church your money, then I messed up. I messed up. I did a terrible job of preaching what Jesus just said. Because nowhere here does Jesus say, give me your money. But all throughout this book, Jesus says, give me your life. Give me your heart. What am I going to do with your car? What am I going to do with your house? I'm not short on cash. This is about a relationship between me and you. This is about a relationship that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that you could have. And the blessings that we get to experience day in and day out are about an eternal impact that we can have. So how you doing? What is your viewpoint on money? What's your perspective? And are you willing to give Jesus your life today so that an eternal impact can be made, not only for you, but for those around you?